into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. All right, everyone. Thanks for coming back for another episode of Televised Heroics here on the Geek Elite Radio Network. I'm Mitch, and with me, as always, is... Daniel, how's everybody doing tonight? All right, Daniel, we have... A pretty big show this 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 week, I, I guess we could say. Uh, a lot of premieres and uh, a lot of big things happen in the shows we've already been talking about. Crazy stuff. Let's go ahead and start it off. The f- season finale of Fear the Walking Dead. What did you Brand- think? Just before we even talk about it, what did you think? It was really, really good. That's where I wanted the show to be. From the beginning, but it delivered at the end. Oh man, delivery and then some. I mean, and wow, just so many things that happened. Uh, one of the biggest things that I, I saw was that just comes to mind first off is the soldier after he gets bit and he knows what's going to happen to him, so he just walks right into that propeller blade. Uh, that was so crazy. Great. <laughs> i mean that's i mean that was it just i know it sets it up for the end of the episode where um liza is is talking about how she needs to be taken care of too and and she's the one that saw the soldier do it so she knows that the once you get bit or whatever it's there's there's no going back so yeah it sets up we'll get to the ending though so uh other things that happened in the episode uh, Mr. Barberman went <laughs> went back and told everybody else the plan of opening up the arena, just like you said. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and used it as a distraction to get into the hospital, or I guess it was a community college where they were they had set up oh, a, a makeshift hospital. So, yeah, that was that was crazy. I mean, he he, he came up with a plan distract the soldiers and and not only is okay so the repercussions of letting out an arena full of people that are infected okay or an arena full of zombies can we i mean is it safe to say or speculate that that's kind of the start i mean we might have been able to keep ahead of the infection or the infected if if it wasn't for that i mean that that horde comes out and if you think it's an arena full of people that's going to be thousands upon thousands of people i mean can you imagine how many people can fit inside uh university of phoenix glendale arena you know an insane amount (laughs) (laughs) an insane amount so that amount of people that obviously i mean everybody's already infected we know that from the walking dead but this is gonna this is what speeds it up i mean that's a a horde of mega hordes that's just coming through and eating and destroying everything. But I gotta stop you. Didn't they say that the plan was to basically nuke L.A. or like that air, small area? Oh, that's true. That um, that's probably uh, you know what 
part of Project Cobalt is, is eventually uh, once the soldiers say they're out or or they may not even wait, whoever the higher-ups are, they're just going to nuke L.A. But uh, it might not get there fast enough, obviously. It's true. Some of them could have escaped to, you know, north, east, south, started the oh, yeah. there. Oh, no no kidding. So that was that was nuts. And then, you know, uh he gets they all get inside. Um it doesn't look like they're going to f- be really be able to find Nick and uh Griselda at first, but Liza ends up finding Nick after he left with Strand and uh he obviously had a plan. Strand had a plan. Um don't know how he came up with this plan, but he he knew it, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't going to be taking anybody else. He just took Nick. And throughout the whole episode, I'm just like, why? What what is Strand's plan with Nick? Why does he have such this uh, desire to have Nick come along with him? Um, not that we really find out why at the end, but he uh, obviously was a good guy. He took the rest of the family along with him. Yep. He didn't have to do that for them at all. He could just like, hey, Nick's with me and that's it. Everybody else is screwed. Uh, the family does catch up with Eliza. Or, yeah, with Eliza and Nick, um, who's also a strand. And the first thing they they ask him, they ask is, where's Griselda? And she has to tell them. You know, this is the middle of everything going to shit. So <laughs> they have to, They she has to tell them, look, she died. She she died on the, on the operating table. Uh, then she was about to turn, and we had to kill her again, or make sure she stayed dead. And what does Ophelia do? Just freaking <laughs> idiot! What does she do? <laughs> I need to see her. <laughs> no, you don't. Trust me, she's dead, and we need to get the hell out. That's what I'm saying. And that's why Ophelia's not going to live. She's not going to adapt to this world. Oh no, she's totally not going to adapt. She's way too emotional. <laughs> That's why. That's why I think the person to keep the eye on is uh, Maddie. She, I think. I mean, yeah, uh, Travis is is a good leader and stuff, but Maddie is 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 kind of like a Carol in the making. Yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Especially be- because she lets the torturing happen. She knows she's already learning the ins and outs of this new world that they have to adapt and to live in. Exactly. She's she's already no figuring out which people are assets and which people are liabilities and what what's going to be needed to be done to get forward, which also brings back the the soldier. Uh, I still don't remember what his name is, but he's the soldier, and he is along for the ride for the most part until Travis go uh, go goes ahead and lets him go right before they go into the, the community college. So that comes into play later when he when the, after the, so the family is all c- come together and they're heading to the vehicles to get away and uh, out of nowhere the soldier comes out and pulls a gun on the barber and then proceeds to shoot uh, Ophelia because he's just bad <laughs> at aiming or was it he just like i mean she probably did jump in front of it or whatever but come on he was a good four feet away yeah so then and... what what happens next is travis turns it on and totally just 
you betrayed my trust. I let you go. You were supposed to just walk away, and you come back and do this. And then Soldier Man's face becomes putty. Because <laughs> Travis just beat on that guy until the red meat showed. <laughs> that was awesome. That's a Travis that we need, man. That's the kind of Travis that's going to help the the family live a, a long while. I did want to go ahead and add to um, that moment when Travis was just beating the shit out of Andy, the soldier. Um, uh-huh. Basically, it took me back to, I think it was the first season of Walking Dead when, uh, when Shane beats the shit out of um, Carol's husband, you know. Oh, right, because, you know, because he was a douchebag also. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, you know, it, it's it's reminiscent. We got, you you got the the potential for Travis to either be a Rick or a Shane at this point, I guess. <laughs> Not that Shane, uh, being a Shane is bad. I mean, we got, I mean, yeah, okay. Shane did some things that were wrong, like Otis and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, some other, some other people on the farm, but, uh. You know, he had the right ideas. Protecting the people you love is a good thing. And, I mean, I'm hoping to see a lot more character development from him like that. I mean, the beginning of the show made it seem like he was our hope. You know, humanity still can thrive in this kind of, I guess, new world. But, uh, you know, he's slowly... Now he just lost it, so... For that brief moment, so I don't know where they're going to go with this character now. Right. So, I mean, it's it's, and that brings us to the next part of the show. So, what? Ha- where'd they head to next? To Strand's home. Strand's home, and what? Basically, they think that they're going to be staying there, but Strand tells them differently. Yep. So we're not staying here. So he t- he basically says, "Look, um, it's not a good idea to stay here." We're safe right now, but the ultimate plan is, and he points him out to the ocean, and there's a pretty big yacht out there. I mean, this guy's got money, so <laughs> that's it's pretty impressive. So he uh, points to that and he says, "This is where we—that's where we had to head to next." Meanwhile, Liza has come to the realization that she's been bit, and she tells Maddie, "Look, you need to come out here with me." You made me promise. Now you have to fill out the other end. So uh, take this gun and do the deed. Don't make Travis do it because it would break him. And what happens? Travis stumbles upon what's going on. I mean, could they're right there on a cliff edge. You think she would have been able to just throw herself off the cliff? <laughs> Why waste the bullet? <laughs> I mean, maybe if she threw herself down the cliff, there's still that, like, holy shit, I might come back as one of them. Uh, yes, there is the possibility, but I'm pretty sure you're going to damage <laughs> that head on the, on, the, on the impact down. It was a pretty high cliff. And what I liked from Liza was was saying, you should be the one doing it because you already don't like me. You know, that's already one reason. And again, too, um, that if Travis does it, it's just going to break him. But Travis comes along and he sees what's going on. He knows what needs to be done, and he pulls the trigger. So Liza's dead, and he he is breaking down. He's he's not in a good place. But then her son Christopher sees it. So then again, now we have another 
person very emotional and very much in distraught. And that's pretty much where the episode ends. So do you think that they're going to play with this, uh, maybe Travis and uh, and his son, they're going to try to play it off as a Rick and Carl situation? Like when, you know, after the prison, Carl's like, or during the prison as well, he's like, I don't have any respect for you, man. You know, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not going to listen to you. Yeah, I think we've already seen that. That's kind of what uh, the relationship is right now, where uh, Christopher really doesn't have any respect for his father because it's the whole divorced parents thing, and the you know, it's it's kind of you don't care about me. You have a new family now, kind of thing. So we'll see what happens there. Um, who knows? It might drive drive Travis closer to his son at this point. Uh, but they're going to need to all stay together as a group just to get through what they need to get through. I mean, that yacht is pretty far out there, so they're going to need to get to a smaller boat so that they can get to the bigger boat. Yeah. Or, you know, we can all just swim. No, I'm kidding. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if uh, too many of them can make that swim, but uh, if they can, more power to them. We'll see. What, um, what are, what's some of the things that you expect to see next season for that show? I mean, how? my big question is how much longer can they play this out? I mean, I know that we've talked about it before. Are they eventually going to meet up with Rick's group? Or are they just going to – is it just going to come to a screeching halt? But I mean – I think I think, the, I think uh, it's a good uh, question to ask is uh, – because the idea of, of the second season taking, taking place on a boat is pretty inventive because, uh, you know – the regular Walking Dead, all we've seen is Atlanta, for the most part, and it's all landlocked, so we don't know how walkers really react with water too much, other than the one bloated one that fell into the well on the well. farm. So, I think it's going to be interesting, to, I think, if they take this boat and they go further up north the coast, and or further south down the coast, it, they might be able to, to hit places that aren't quite overrun with infected yet you know what i mean yeah so or i should say shouldn't say infected because we were they're all infected so the ones that are actually dead and, and and zombified so they're gonna be going further up and and you know maybe the epicenter of the disease was la or you know major cities so if you hit smaller cities you might not have to run into too many walking dead all right um who knows, maybe the military is going to be bigger part of the story as well. Because, I mean, if they do go out to the ocean, you got that Coast Guard to worry about. you got the Navy to worry about. And you already saw how the military acted in land in home in L.A. So can you only imagine what would happen if they run into the military out in the middle of the ocean? That's very true. You know, as soon as they get out in the, out, out in the water they, and they get a little further out, the Coast Guard could totally be right there and be like, we're commandeering your 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 boat and stuff, so uh, it's it's. I think that's going to be an interesting part of next season. What what happens? That's going to be, yeah. It's just going to be really good. I mean, I honestly don't know, especially since they don't take elements from the comics. I don't know where the show is going to lead to. Right. Then that yeah. It's it's this is a complete um, unknown to uh, TV viewers and comic book readers alike, since it's not something that comes from the comic books. So I'm just excited. I'm excited to see next season. Um, it's announced that The Talking Dead will be on after each one of those episodes next season. So, <laughs> yep, there will be some uh, good 
discussion, hopefully, speculations. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. Excited for next season. And then your uh, web series that you were talking about, which I haven't got a chance to ch- check out. I don't know if it's already out on the web yet, but the Flight 627 or whatever it is web series that uh, a character from that web series will show up in the season two of of Fear of the Walking Dead. Walking so Dead. that's 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 interesting to to see how that pans out. And um, I don't know if a lot of people caught it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, you know, pointing things out. But I think it was episode three. Uh, you catch a glimpse of a plane leaving L.A. So that might be the same flight. Only timing issue is that when that flight was mid-air, it was still during during the daytime. So who knows how that's going to play out, or who knows that just might be a completely different airplane. Well, I, I hadn't caught that uh, about, about the flight leaving L.A. at that time. So yeah, I'm, I'm more than likely that probably will be the flight that, that's in talks. Much to look forward to next season. Flash. Season premiere. Season 2. So many things to uh, account for after last season. So what did good. you think of this? <laughs> oh, so there you go. <laughs> the episode was pretty good. I, th- I mean, it was quite the epic season finale. So a season premiere that was just as um, informative and setting up as many things as you can for this season is going to be pretty impressive. So, how did you feel when he gets we get to that first crime scene and the 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 announced name of the dead guy is Al Rothstein and I'm like, wait a second, I know that name. That is the Adam Smasher from the JSA. How can he already be dead? I know there was reports earlier in the summer that he the Adam Smasher is going to show up. I guess I just needed to wait because <laughs> this season's all about. Parallel dimensions and alternate worlds and stuff. So we have basically a uh, the Al Rothstein from this um, dimension is dead. And he uh, doesn't have the Adam Smasher powers, obviously. We have an Adam Smasher that shows up later in the episode. And his suit, actually, that looked really cool and really close to what you see in the comic book. So that was kind of cool. And... Not only do we see his face as the same face as the guy that was dead, but so Cisco is working with the Central City PD, and he has come up with ways to, to neutralize Metas. And not only that, we were reminded that he now he is also a Meta. He has a power. He's able to see through the veil of parallel dimensions. Basically, he can see where things are different in different worlds. I mean, obviously in the comic books, he's Vibe. So this, they've kind of stayed away from the whole sound vibes and more frequency vibes in this show. So he's, I think he's he's able to see through uh, the fabric of, of space and see other dimensions with his powers now. Yes. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. So, uh... <laughs> So that was, I mean, it was pretty big. We uh, Basically, the Atom Smasher is able to, to uh, absorb radiation, and the more radiation he absorbs, the stronger he gets. He can change the, his size to bigger or smaller. And uh, he turns out to be quite the foe for the Flash, because the Flash is no longer using his team. 
And as we learned in last season, he needs uh, his team around him because it's it's very much of the way that he does his job is by relying on the help of others. Oh, yeah. Ba- basically, he takes off his little comm device and goes after Adam Smasher on his own, and he gets his butt whooped. Big time. Big time gets his butt whooped. He has... He gets in there and, uh, yeah, the guy just knocks him around like it's nobody's business. So then he just takes off. He comes back and he realizes, yeah, I need help. So, well, it's not so much that. Actually, Joe has to sit him down and be like, look, we tried to give you your space. Tried to let let you see you recognize that you need other people's help. And, of course, you didn't come to the realization on your own. I'm here to help you. We're here to help you. We're going to help you. So you better just let it happen. But one of the reasons why he decided he didn't want anybody else around him is because he feels that whenever he gets people get close, they're going to get hurt. Because what we uh, what we did see in last year's season finale was that Eddie Eddie Thon killed himself to rid mm. the world of of Ebert Thon. You know. Yep. But the what we didn't flash. see the reverse flash. But we what we didn't see was. Uh, Ronnie Raymond, Ronnie Raymond, and uh, Doctor Stein or Professor Stein merged to be Firestorm to help close the cyclone or the singularity that was above Central City. The Flash is running, keeping keeping speed to try and reverse the 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 singularity, but he needs they need to form to become Firestorm to basically put it out. And when that happens. A big explosion occurs. Uh, seemingly, Stein and Raymond split apart. Flash catches Stein. Raymond's nowhere to be seen. No one knows where he's at. So, basically, Caitlin is now without a husband because they got married. So, she's so widowed again. She is now widowed again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, she is taking a job with Mercury Labs which we remember from last season uh, where Dr. Tina McGee works (laughs) or is the boss and she had the tachyon device that they needed and uh, they get her to come back because she was seen at Flash Day to see what was going on and uh, they basically get, get the whole team back together to figure out what they need to do to stop the Atom Smasher. And I believe it is Dr. Stein that comes up with the idea, if he wants the radiation, give him as much as he can. And they take him to uh, a, a nuclear power plant. Yep. And then they lock him into, um, Flash leads him into that room. And then they feed him all that radiation. And they say he's not going to be able to absorb all that radiation. And that's exactly what happens. And then as he's dying, he, uh, I'm assuming he's dying, he's, he's, he's down for the count, but as he's dying, um, he tells uh, Barry that uh, the guy told me if I could kill you, then he'd send me home. And he's like, what guy? And he's like, zoom. Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have the name of our villain, which, I mean, we knew that Zoom was going to be the villain this season from promotional material. Uh, who Zoom is, I don't know. Do you have any inkling? 
I mean, just go enough. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Professor Zoom, I mean, isn't he... Well, it's, it's, but see, that's the thing is that they, Professor Zoom was Eberthon, but that's true. they didn't call him Professor Zoom in the first season. They called they him called Reverse, him Reverse Flash. Flash. So we also have Zoom from the comic books, who's Hunter Zolomon, and he uh, was, a, was an FBI agent that, you know, lost his wife and then became a, a meta through science experiment gone wrong, or actually wasn't wrong. He, he did what he wanted to do. So he became Zoom. But we, I mean, this guy is a person that jumps realities. So we'll have to figure. I mean, it could it could be uh, Eberthon in a, a parallel universe. You know, it could be Eberthon from a different time point in time. There's lots of possibilities who it could be. Uh, I know it's going to be voiced by the Candyman. <laughs> so that's kind of awesome. cool. And then one last, or no, I guess there's still two big reveals. One big reveal is that uh, Harrison Wells, or Ebert Thon, left everything to Barry. Star Labs, his estate, all the money, basically, whatever he has. But he has to look at this thumb drive that he left behind. So on the thumb drive is Ebert Thon saying, look... If you're if you're watching this, it means I'm dead, and I'm gonna give you something that you want, but it's not gonna make you happy because you're never gonna be happy. And it the rest of the the video file is a confession that he killed Barry's mom. So thus the evidence they need to get uh, Barry's dad out of jail. And how depressing is that, man? As soon as he's like, Dad, you know we can start our life together all over again. Yeah. He's like, dude, I'm not saying. How screwed up is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I get what he was saying uh, as a character. It's it is kind of sad though. I mean, he it's his the, the basically the reason he became a cop or a forensic scientist, and he is not going to stick around because he doesn't want Barry to be worried about he can't do certain things if his father's around. I think it'd be great since they they put it in put it out there that um who was it Caitlin or was it Iris that's that's working on getting um Henry Allen his uh doctor's license back. It was um Iris. Iris. Okay, so they said Iris is getting his doctor's license back. It'd be cool if he went to go work at Mercury Labs because Dr. Tina McGee's there, and that's the character that was in love with, you know, the Flash and the old Flash series, and they never got together, really, so, I mean, there you go, he gets to go live off in that world, (laughs) (laughs) which they've also announced that there's going to be, uh, at least, there's going to be at least one Trickster episode this season, Mark Hamill's coming back, so that's going to be awesome. And he did such a good job on the last one, so this is going to be pretty good. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then the last reveal. So Cisco is talking about how he's made all these upgrades to to security at Star Labs. No one's going to come just walking in because that was a big part of last season. People just walk in and see that Barry's the Flash and stuff like that. And then as soon as he says it, someone walks in and sees (laughs) Barry as the Flash. And who was it? Jay Garrick, the Crimson Comet. There you go, the Crimson <laughs> Comet. Jay Garrick, the Flash from another universe. He even tells him, look, 
in my world, I'm called the Flash. So I, I think it's going to be interesting that you know he have a, basically a teacher, a person there that's going to help him learn how to use his powers better. I mean, that's what Harrison Wells was doing, uh, obviously for his own uh, purposes. Now we have Jay Garrick here that's going to maybe teach him how to do some other things. Yes, the right way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, the right way. What can we expect from this season? What do you want to see? Obviously, we're going to see a lot of parallel dimensions or, you know, alternate dimensions, alternate realities um, going on. So it's just, I mean, I know I'm not going to get the storyline that I want anytime soon, but it opens up to that possibility. It does. And, uh, yeah, extra, extra, uh, uh, extra worlds and parallel universes is definitely going to open up a lot of possibilities. So we have a lot that can be happen this season. I think we're going to see lots of lots of villains and lots of uh, craziness. And I just got to ask you this: since you know everything's kind of screwy in the Gotham universe, do you think that somehow this ties into that? I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that rant. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that would be cool. But I, the two the two shows are definitely um, run by two different uh, parties. It's not like how Arrow and uh, Flash and Supergirl are all going to be run by the same showrunner. This Gotham's completely different, separate. So I, I don't think that we would have the two. It would be cool because then we could see some metas in Gotham. But we already rarely see metas in Arrow. So... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. I personally um, just can't wait to find out uh, what we see with Jay Garrick and other upcoming superheroes that we see. One thing I would really like to see, and I thought it would be cool if we did, would be if Max Mercury showed up. You know, um, <laughs> if he showed up and, and was to show bury a few things from his time as being uh, a speedster it would be kind of cool and maybe even uh the black flash that would be awesome you know see the debt uh, a speedster a death for speedsters you know that would be kind of cool you think um you know any wally west might do any show you know show up anywhere i think I, i'm pretty sure i saw uh an article over the summer that said that they were gonna that they had an actor lined up for um wally west Awesome. So we will be seeing we will be seeing Iris's nephew, and it's gonna be glorious. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Next on the agenda, because we got to keep it moving right along, is Arrow. What did you think? You know, from watching both shows, they were both very. Uh, they started off very cheery very colorful but then ended up taking a you know a turn um the way that you know arrow opened up i was like oh i guess you know they're gonna cut back a little bit it's gonna be not as serious as as where the show has been before you know since everybody was cracking jokes we had a few funny moments when they're trying to uh take down the truck and all the military men inside of that truck but uh, as the episode played out, I was completely wrong. The the show did look like it was going to be heading in one direction with a a very ha- happy and content uh, Ollie, and um, 
been a you know it seems like the team back home a team consisting of black canary laurel thea speedy and then dig as bodyguard guardian helmet head guy you know he uh they were all doing a pretty good job from what it sounded like but uh this new team of special ops guys came in and they looked like they were ready for what they were doing they the the team couldn't stop them so we come to find out they've been enlisting felicity throughout the summer or throughout the six months that's what it was it was six months uh from when we saw felicity and ollie drive off into the sunset she was helping them out because she was getting bored (laughs) being around ollie was fun you know being with him was it was a great it was great but her words uh everything else is boring i'm not a person that likes suburban life (laughs) she did not like her neighbors (laughs) (laughs) and make and killing omelets you know (laughs) right omelets that was a lot of omelets that she just messed up and just threw away it's it's eggs it's not that difficult we do have one crazy i mean crazy villain this season in the show damien dark what'd you think of his power set you know i love how everybody just jumped to the conclusion like he's a meta human and then ollie's like no i've seen things I've seen yeah, before. He, that's exactly what he says. I've seen things. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not a meta. He's he's obviously got some type of uh, dark arts magic behind him. So uh, you know, as soon as so you see you see him basically go up and suck the life force out of a person, um, one of his own men, and then he goes and does it to one of the people on the council uh, for Star City because it's Star City now. They no longer have a mayor. No one wants to take the job because the last two have been killed. And uh, you have basically uh, Lance is in charge of the police. You have another guy that's in charge of emergency services, another person that's the DA, and then yet another person that's in charge of... uh, I'm not quite sure, but probably utilities. That would make sense. So they're all meeting, talking about who should be the next mayor. And Damien Dark just walks in and says, look, I'm the guy here. My people are the ones that have been fucking you over all all throughout the city. You're going to do what I say or bad things are going to happen to you. And the guy gets up, why would I do it? And then, boom, dead. (laughs) (laughs) So he starts taking out people one by one throughout the city of of this council. And then uh, Laurel gets wind of it and she tries to go save her father at the police precinct so she, yeah she gets in there and she's she's you know it's funny because I, I watched the show and Thea is holding her own and you can tell that she was trained by Malcolm how to fight she was trained quite well Thea or Laurel was trained by Wildcat you know how to fight and he's got his MMA style fighting but I just feel like she didn't spend enough time with him like she is the odd man out in this three-person team. She doesn't do as well. She needs more assistance. She needs she needs Ollie to get in there and train her. She needs something. I don't quite know what it is. So she gets in there, and she's fighting off bad guys with her father, but uh, one of them gets a shot off, and he, he gets shot in the arm. They all, they, they you know, she's able to save him, but he's still injured. Yet he's, only, he's the only one out of the group that was left alive. Everybody else was killed. That comes into play later. Now you have Ollie has been talked into coming back uh, because 
was it Thea and Laurel go and see him at his suburban house in was like Willow Haven or something like that. Maybe think of Blood Haven the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so they get over there and they're like, "Hey, you need to come back. We need your help." And he's like, "No, I've left that life life behind me." And Felicity's like, "Look, it's your family, it's your friends. They need your help." They get back to the new Arrow Cave, I guess you would call it, <laughs> and uh, they, you know, she's like, "Hey." Cisco made you a new suit before he before he left. It's sitting under that cloth. And he said, "No, I'm not. I'm not going to be the arrow anymore. It's not true. It's just not going to happen." And they they go out. The four of them. It's Dig, uh, Ollie, Thea, and Laurel. And they are not successful. They they show up. D- Damian Dark is using his power on his own guy, and they step in and and basically get their butts handed to him. So they have to take off. They take off and they get back and they're like, look, it's, it's not working. Whatever we're doing is not working. We need to come at this a different way. Cops show up. Well, that's during that fight. The cops show up. Everybody leaves. And then isn't this when um, when Ollie and Dig – oh, wait, no, that's for, that's a little bit later. But obviously Dig has, is, has, has some reservations about working with Ollie again. He took – Ollie took uh, – Dig's wife hostage, wife and baby, I believe, right? It was just the wife. Just the wife, okay. Just just Lila, and he's he doesn't feel like he can trust him anymore. I mean, these two used to be best friends, so much to the point that Ollie was his best man at, at him him and Lila's wedding, and he just felt ultimately like hugely betrayed. So he doesn't think he can trust Wally, nor does he think he can work with him. But he's going to work with him. This time around, just to get this Damien Dark guy dealt with. But Lila even comes up to him while he's playing with the baby and says, Look, Ollie made the right choice. He he, he did the right thing. He, he Yeah, he kidnapped me, but I mean, I wasn't injured. I wasn't hurt. So he made sure to take care of me. And you, you need to kind of just get over it. And it doesn't seem like Dig is really ready to. I don't think he is for a while, and I don't blame him at all. No, no. I mean, that, I mean, betrayal is one thing. Betrayal of your from your best friend is another thing, and it, it that knife sticks deeper <laughs> when it goes into the back. So we uh, we we come up to Felicity confessing, confessing to look. I've been helping them this whole time. I, we need to go. We need to come back. Uh, I'm going to be the new head of Palmer Industries because no one knows where. Um, Ray Palmer's been since his the explosion in his lab. He left everything to me. I'm going to be the one in charge. Uh, so basically, I have your company again if you want to if you want it back. Um, but I don't want to move back out to the suburbs. I don't want to live out there. I like it here. I like being with the team. This is what we need to do. So Ollie is convinced. He is going back, and he puts on the new suit. What did you think of the new suit? I liked it. Definitely different from, you know, the previous costumes, so I definitely liked it a lot. Um, I got more of a comic booky vibe off of this co- this outfit. Um, it, it just, I don't know, it looks so much more badass than the previous ones. Yes, no, it, it did. It looked great. Um, I, I do, I mean, from what it looked like, there wasn't anything too, like, 
particularly special about it. I mean, it was a good-looking suit, but the fact that Cisco made it would mean to me that there's some kind of tech that's going to be into it, and we didn't really get into that. I hope that they show in the next few episodes that there's either like a HUD inside that um, mask of his, or uh, you know, some kind of cool uh, elaborate ammo system inside of his uh, vest and stuff. You know, I don't know. It'd be it'd be cool to find out if if any cool um, upgrades were made. I'm pretty sure Felicity knows. Yeah, she knows what's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Then, uh, I believe that's when we have... Is that when Ollie goes on air to say, look, there's going to be a light in the darkness kind of thing? We, you know, we need to pull together as a city. The the arrow's dead. I'm Green Arrow, and I'm here to save the city or whatever. He has his little speech on on TV. His little monologue. And what'd you think about that? What'd you think of, you know, Green Arrow is making... I mean... I know it's a TV show, so they showed a lot of his face, which, you know, it seemed very dangerous. I mean, he has the mask on, he has the hood over his head, but his face is very prominent and, and can be made out. Uh, I just thought that was very dangerous. I mean, they could have pulled the hood down a little bit further so that it it conceals him a little better, but they didn't. And they didn't really, they didn't, I mean, he changes his voice. He's got, he's got the gravelly voice. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I I prefer the Batman voice over that one. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, he you know and oh and you, this is when you also propose that we get a <laughs> a drinking game going for season four of, of Arrow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You you did you provo- did you have any uh, examples of. Uh, of set rules that you'd like to propose? Um, whenever they fight or they ever visit a warehouse, take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> whenever Ollie uses his Batman voice, take a drink. <laughs> you brought up a good one. As I say, anytime uh, he, sa- he's, he says, uh, you failed this city, <laughs> finish your beer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it'd be really great. I imagine there's someone out there that has a, an arrow viewing drinking game out there I proposed so I wouldn't mind finding it if anybody out there listening would like to shoot it to us you know you we we always we would love to see that and even post it so give us a if you can do the search we can promote it for you post it on our Facebook or uh, leave it in the forum of our website geekaleakradio.com that's right we have all kinds of places to get a hold of us so if you, at the end of that, uh, we we skip forward another six months, and Ollie is sitting at the grave of somebody. We don't exactly know who. It's someone that he's really upset about, so it's someone that's obviously close to him. They never show the, the name on the grave, but Barry walks up. And he says, sorry, I couldn't make it. He says, sorry, I couldn't make it. And he says the person in the grave meant a lot to him, so he's going to make some changes now. What do you think that all means? I I personally, I, um, who's you know six feet under, or or what kind of changes he's gonna make? Both. I I want to say it's it's Felicity that's you know that doesn't make it. Wow, straight for the Felicity isn't gonna be around anymore. This also makes me wonder: is the show gonna start off six months from now, or is that the new present, or is it that? 
that's something six months is something we're, we're supposed to be looking forward to. Like they're gonna the, the next episode is gonna be set right after uh, his interview on TV, and then we're gonna lead up to that six months where someone is gonna be in that grave. Do you think that's what it's gonna be? Yes, and maybe they might pick it up um, mid season. You know, once they take their break, maybe once they pick back up, they're gonna show who's in that grave or what yeah, happens I, to that person. I can see that as the the mid season is probably gonna be. Uh, the person dying and then the after they come back from the midseason is going to be the scene with Barry. So we still have we still we are still going to move up to that point. One thing I wanted to bring up earlier was when Damien is doing his little ritual in front of that uh altar, I got a very much Jason Blood Etrigan kind of feel from that. I don't know if you did too or not, but I don't know anything about the the Damien Dark character in the comic book. I, I don't think I mean from what it looked like, he 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 isn't in that all that much. So I was I'm interested to find out what he has what he has to bring. In season three, when Raish you know was training Ollie and having those conversations with them, didn't he mention him? Yeah, he said that uh, he said that there was another uh, person that was uh, trying was going for to be the new Raish at the same time that I was going to be the new Raish, and he said it was Damien Dark. He was supposed to. He was supposed to kill Damien, but he obviously didn't do it. Uh, that's why we had that scene at the end of uh, last last season where they are saving the team is saving Damien Dark because they know that Raish is out to kill him. So I, yeah, he 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 has a history in the in the Arrow universe already. We just don't know about it. To jump back a little, who do you think is in that grave? Honestly. <sighs> I think to kill off Felicity would be the two on the the money or two on the face obvious shot. But the only other person I can see that it really causing a problem or causing him to well up so much would be Thea, his sister. So I don't know. It, it, I I think it's it's a, it's a good chance it could be either one of them. Maybe it's Dig. It could be Dig. It could it could be Laurel. It could be. Uh, it could be anybody at this point. It, it could be uh, Roy comes back and gets killed, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's Thea because I think if it was Thea, uh, Barry would have said something differently. Not that, oh, I know this person meant a lot to you. So it could also be Dig, how you said. Yeah, you know? you're, you're right. Yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have said, oh, this person meant a lot to you. I mean, obviously my sister means a lot to me, jerk. But... <laughs> Uh, but if it was Felicity, you think he would have said something different too, because him and Felicity at one point had a thing going. Even if it didn't go anywhere, they they were interested in each other. True, and he would have probably reacted a little bit differently to seeing the gravestone or tombstone. But, but exactly, but that you know this is they they wanted to keep it ambiguous, so it could have been it it literally can be anybody. Yeah, <sighs> I think this season is gonna be full of surprises. <laughs> It's definitely going to be interesting season. It's going to... And I like the fact that the flashback... Oh, so the flashbacks, what we didn't even get to, are in end with him being thrown out of a plane and landing right back on the island. So that means at the end of this season, he is going to be uh, at the beginning of the first season. <laughs> oh, yeah, when they when they first find him or when he first goes back home holy crap i didn't even think about it that way you're right 
that since it was a military guy that basically asked him like who are you then i think it's going to play back into the to the secret origins comic where he actually fights off an army of pirates on a ship and then makes it back to star city yeah if we if i mean Obviously, because when we find him at the beginning of the first episode of, of, of the very first episode of Arrow, he has been living on that island and he is successful. So I think you're right. We could definitely see a more uh, Secret Origins type um, story that, from the comic book that um, we're used to. It could be. It's going to be a good season, I think. And yeah. and still and still going to be Batman light. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that we discussed this the other day, but be completely honest, uh, Arrow was good, but the Flash won me over. So the Flash won you over for this week? Yep. Then <laughs> no problem. I, I like like I said before. I think the the Flash has been um, the more successful show out of the th- out of the, out of the two. I just I I like the Arrow just as much as I like the Flash as TV shows. I think because you know the, the arrow came first and set the standard, I would say, and Flash is probably is busted through that standard. So I think they're both good shows in their own ways. They're both bad shows in their own ways. So I'm just excited to watch them. You know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays have a, a you know no a meaning to them again. <laughs> when you look forward to it. That's right. They're not just the middle of the week anymore. <laughs> okay, so this is the part where I'm going to go ahead and just talk about Agents of Shield. And you react the way that you want to react to everything that I have to say. No, it's it's uh, so we have basically we're, we're the episode is about the monolith, the alien, the Kree alien device that uh, we saw at the end of last season suck up Agent Simmons, and uh, Fitz has been going crazy trying to figure out how to get her back. He uh, he thinks he's come across something, and they the team has to recruit. Uh, a Norse god that's on Earth, that's been on Earth for a very long time. We saw him in the first season, and he is either first or second season, but he uh, is been around for. He has he's he left Asgard a long time ago and is just stuck around Earth, uh, enjoying Earthlings basically, uh, their culture, their parties, uh, literature, and all that stuff. So we have he tells them about. Uh, a place where he saw some writing that is on this par- parchment that Fitz found that has to relate to the monolith. So they they make their way to this European castle where they find that uh, basically these older these guys um, had come up with a way to use the monolith to explore this other dimension or this uh, planet. That's uh, really far away, and that's where Simmons is caught. So, the device, the the machine, or the contraption that's around this monolith, is turned on by the team, and it's basically using sonic frequencies to turn the device, turn the the monolith on, so that it becomes the pool of liquid that be- then becomes a portal to this other planet. And while it's in this liquid state, Fitz can see that things are happening, and he and and they need to go through or send some type of probe through to see where the other the other end is, and hopefully save uh, Simmons. And and when he does it, he shoots a flare off into the into the portal. The portal 
takes the flare and supposedly shoots it out the other end. So while this is all happening, Daisy, who uh, we know is Quake, is getting a large like alarm sound in her head the whole time. She thinks it's happening everywhere, and she's getting starts to get a nosebleed. She says, well, what was that large alarm sound? And everybody's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she says, oh, well, it's just me. Thus, meaning that she is connected to this device somehow. And we bring it back to the Inhumans, Inhumans and Kree. So she figures out that she can use her powers to turn the, device, the monolith on and turn it into the portal instead of having to use the device that these other people have already made. And it's no longer... That it's no longer working anyways because they broke it the last time they turned it on. So with this, they, they she uses her powers. They're shooting. They're, they're, the portal opens up, and they're supposed to throw a probe in there to look, but Fitz takes it upon himself just to jump right in. So he ties the rope around himself, jumps in, and goes looking for Simmons. Because of the flare that went off, Simmons has headed back to the portal, uh, where she, or at least to the area where the flare was, and she's heading back, and they, they kind of hear each other, but there's a lot of wind and a lot of debris in the way. When she gets to where Fitz is, they are, he's, he's at the end of his rope, literally. There's no more slack, and he, the, uh, Coulson knows that it's putting way too much strain on, on uh, Daisy, so she, he's telling her to shut it down. And when they get to that point, he turn, uh, she's starting to shut it down, and, and the, the two, Fitz and Simmons, are reaching out for each other. And it doesn't look like they're gonna, she, he's going to be able to, to bring her back. So when they shut it down, all the debris falls down on top of the, the hole where the monolith was. And you see Fitz, and then you see Simmons. So they basically got her back. She's now back with the rest of the team. Uh, Daisy... Earlier in the episode, was talking to May's ex-husband, who's the psychologist for the team. She wants to make up a team of Inhumans to basically search out other Inhumans, but he won't okay anybody psychologically because they all have problems. And in the meantime, he, he points out that each one of the people that are already on the team has their own problems, and this is a team full of problems, let me tell you. From there, we, we, we catch up with where May is, which I was explaining last episode that uh, she didn't she didn't make her appearance known, and it was a shame. But now we have her we have her in the episode, and Hunter is basically out looking for Ward to kill him, and he goes and recruits May to help him get into Hydra because no one knows what Hunter looks like, so he might be able to get into Hydra. Ward is also looking for a certain kid. He is taking over Hydra. And as he's taken over Hydra, he is looking for Baron Strucker's Baron von Strucker's son, uh, who is at out basically spending money. They find him, and he he basically recruits him to be in Hydra. Now we have a legacy kid, and at the very end of the episode, he enrolls in May's husband's psychology class at the university. So. We know that it's all coming full circle. I know that you still haven't probably caught up on season one, season two. You need to do that because this show is getting really good. And I think they really learned from their first season that you can't, nothing can be slow in this universe. They have to speed everything up and everything is just moving. It is booking in this, in this show. If you get a chance, listeners, if you're not watching the show, 
definitely need to get out there and, and check this show out. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I mean, we're obviously going to have a big piece of Hydra happen in this season and a big, big piece of shield. And they're, they're going to come to heads. Uh, and Ward is going to be right there in the middle. And I can't wait to find out what happens. Gotham was a huge episode. So action packed. <laughs> Even more action than the episode before that. And had a lot of story. I felt like I had a lot more uh, detective work in this episode as well. Definitely a lot of detective work. Um, we and you know a lot, a lot to do with Jerome, and I think you know obviously that was what a lot of people were calling for because he's been a very big part of the season so far. Okay, so in this episode we have Gordon and Bullock have. Uh, take it upon themselves to find out where Jerome is because of what he did at the precinct. He killed Sarah Essen. He, you know, he uh, Gordon had had a, a connection with her because she stepped up for him when he needed it. And Bullock is uh, Bullock even says at some point that look, she was my friend too. So you need to you need to ease up a little bit. You know, these are and which is funny because of where we came from in the first season with. Bulk being the one that's very hard ass, and then uh, Gordon, the one saying, "Hey, you need to ease up." But now it's the other way around. Jerome has a plan. Well, I guess it's not so much Jerome has a plan. It's it's uh, Theo. Theo Gallivan yeah. has a plan. There's going to be a charity ball, charity event that Leslie Tompkins Le- Leslie Tompkins is uh, heading that will. Feature a magician. They constantly are bringing up the fact that there's going to be a magician at this event, and everybody should just be happy about it. We we get to the event, and you know what I thought was very funny is that we talked so much about how Jerome, or at least the actor portraying Jerome, has put together a very good Mark Hamill Joker and a very good Heath Ledger Joker. And in this episode, Jer- Jerome is pretending to be Rodolfo the Ma- Magnificent. <laughs> in it, he has the top hat and the goatee and the, the big magician's outfit. Well, I recently had to watch The Flash, the, the first Flash TV series from 1990. And in the first episode where the trickster shows up, he is wearing a big magician's outfit with the fake goatee and a top hat and he is uh playing it off as being a real magician so i thought it was a good little callback if and i can only assume that uh gotham was doing this on purpose but they made jerome look a lot like how mark hamill looked in that episode of of the flash as the trickster being a magician so it was very cool little callback jerome gets up there and he does a little a few tricks saws uh, Bruce, a young Bruce Wayne in half. Everybody's pretty much expecting him to actually kill Bruce Wayne, but he does the trick. And uh, after that, he's like, all right, for my next trick, you're all going to die. <laughs> and everybody's <laughs> laughing. Ha, 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 ha. And then he says, no, seriously. And he rip, you know, he explain, he rips off his mask and he's like, I am Jerome and I'm here to kill people. So send up little little Bruce Wayne because he's going to be our first victim. So he, he gets he gets Bruce Wayne to get up there on stage and the first person to show up to say, look, you're you're being a, a jerk. You we're not going to stand for this. And what happened? It's Theo Gallivant. Gallivant we know is part of it, and he is he has told Barbara earlier in the show that 
I'm going to uh, give them the hero that they want, the the hero the hero that they need. So he gets up there, and then from the looks of it, it it seemed like Barbara had gone off script and hit Theo over the the back of the head with a hammer, which is very very <laughs> iconic of a certain other person that Ooh. helps out the Joker a lot. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder. <laughs> so is this, at this point, as an audience member, you think that. Jerome and Barbara have gone off script. They they aren't doing what Theo said to do because Theo's knocked out. Uh, but with the knife to Bruce Wayne's neck, basically Theo pops up, tells him we're not doing what you're doing, and stabs Jerome in the neck like bad. Like <laughs> that was it. He was done. He 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 sits there and he's explaining. Look, uh, I know Theo's like I know I didn't stick to the script. This isn't what we said, but. This is what I had to do to, to to win the people that I want. So, uh, and then Jerome's like, "You told me I was going to be a star, and all these things." So, every, you know, it's basically everybody saying Jerome's going to be the Joker is now shut not down. There. <laughs> shut down. He is not the Joker. But the interesting development from this episode is that so many people were watching this live on TV. Watching the Joker, or not Joker, Jerome, with his infectious laugh, just kind of hold everybody hostage, taking the whole world by storm. They all watch this, and certain people start to show up, like a boy that's that with his parents in the background fighting starts laughing. A guy sitting in front of his TV starts laughing. Uh, two guys sitting outside of a appliance store watching the tv through a window start laughing they all have this psychotic joker-esque laugh and then even the two guys end up following a homeless man into the alley and stabbing him and then one buddy turns the other buddy and stabs him and he's just (laughs) laughing this whole time so it's almost where they were saying you know the joker even though jerome wasn't the joker the joker got his influences in his life also kind of pointing out that Though we don't know the origin story of the Joker, he did. He might have seen this Jerome character on TV and 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 let it influence him after he took his acid bath. You know, into uh, it, it's something that brought up from his uh, subconscious. So that was a that was the big pseudo origin of the Joker that we got. Not not the that Jerome was the Joker or was going to be the Joker. Basically, in this universe, they set it up as to anybody could be the Joker. That's right. Anybody can be the... You could be the Joker. I could be the Joker. She could be the Joker. Anybody that was watching TV that day could be the Joker. <laughs> but his dad, basically, you know, his dying words to him were saying, you, you know, you're going to affect the whole city. You're not going to bring anything to it but darkness and blood. And that, That's right. Darkness and madness is, is what your legacy is going to be, so... Uh, that that definitely you know comes out in the end while he's sitting there on this lab and man Jerome died with that la- that smile that on smile. his face that was that's creepy but he uh, it did his 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 laughter was infectious it is leaving a mark on this city and it's gonna eventually come to fruition and what I thought was really crazy and was probably a nod to the comics is that when Jerome died and he had that smile. He looked like the victims of the Joker gas. That's true. And and, uh, as we've seen in the show so far, they like to make connections and nods and everything else to other shows, other other things. Even if we're not following 
the comic book directly. There is still obviously influences from the comic book. So, yeah, he did look a lot like a, a victim of Joker gas. So, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? And also, uh, the Flash. They did that nod to uh, Batman with the light. Oh, that's right. In the in the Flash TV series, he said he he that was the way he attracted the Atom Smasher. Which I didn't quite understand why the Atom Smasher was able to keep up with the Flash when he when the Flash ran away from him, but he was. But yeah, he had the searchlight up in the sky that had a Flash symbol in it, which was funny. I thought he's I, like, I laughed. I chuckled. <laughs> I, I laughed too, and he's like, "Oh, I saw it in a comic book once." Yeah. But maybe, you know, the Atom Smasher just had so much radiation built up in him that he somehow had super speed. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he was pulling some Hulk jumping, like, skills. True. All right, so going on with the rest of the season of Gotham, or rest of Gotham season two, what are you hoping to see? What are you excited about now? I want them to keep on taking this direction. It it seems like things are going to speed up. The first season did drag a lot but i feel like this one's a lot more quick pace and i can't wait to see more and more yeah i'm the same way i think that we're definitely going to see more uh of this quicker pace i think they've understood what they needed to change from season one it was nice to see some more a little bit more development with bruce wayne um obviously uh we, we're going to be having a new captain show up which is being played by michael chiklis and it sounds like this first uh, agenda is to take out the penguins, so that's going to be interesting. Oh yeah, which uh, that article that uh, Paul Rubens, for those who don't know, Pee Wee Herman is going to be reprising his role as uh, the Penguin's dad. How do you feel about that? I think that's funny because you know in that in Batman uh, Returns when Paul Rubens originally played the Penguin's father, the one that throws the Penguin into the into the river trying to kill him. Because he was a freak of nature, he, he was uncredited. I mean, it wasn't—he wasn't even in the credits of that movie as the Penguin's father. So, uh, you know, eventually it came out and people knew about it. But him reprising that role is going to be pretty—I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Because we—I think we forget a lot that Paul Rubens has is able to act other than be Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Pee Wee Herman is his biggest character, yes. But I mean, he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He was in Tommy. Uh, Tommy Chong, uh, Cheech and Chong, Up in Smoke, you know he he's 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 an actor too. He's a comedian foremost. So I, I can't I can't wait to see what he does with the character. It'll be interesting. <laughs> it will definitely be interesting. Anything else you're wanting to talk about? Wanting to see? Wanting to put out there in the universe? I'm just I I just hope that they keep this pace. Uh, ben McKenzie, uh, who plays Gordon, said he's like you know the writers did see their flaws and you know season two is going to be you know for those fans of Batman, it's really going to take off in that direction. Yeah, no, uh, I think we're definitely going to see uh, a shift from season one. It, it, we already have, but we're going to see more of one. I think what, what's going to happen next is going to be interesting. So everybody keep an eye out. And to be honest, what made the first season really campy for me, campy for me not saying anything bad, uh, was just Fish Mooney's character was too campy, too cheery for me. I don't know what it was about it. But it just took me a little bit back from from you know the whole show. Fair enough. That's yeah, I I could see she was she was a very over the top character, but um, I can tell that we're still going to see a lot of over the top characters coming up in our future. So don't rule out the campiness yet. <laughs> and what, dire- 
What do you hope to see from the season of Gotham? Um, I want, like, literally, I'd want to see more to do with uh, GCPD. I I, want to see um, more of uh, Gordon and this new captain and Bullock solving crimes and having to having to to straddle the edge of being good cops, being bad cops, being something a little in between, you know. And touching of uh, good cop, bad cop, the way that that episode opened up, too, was bad cop, bad cop, man. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very true. They were throwing uh, bad guys out windows, so it wasn't <laughs> wasn't so much uh, tell me what, uh, tell you know, that guy's a, a, the jerk, so you tell me and I'll keep you safe. It was tell one of us, or else we're, I mean, because we're throwing you out a window. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Either way, you're, you're going to get fucked up, so, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's what I mean. I, I want to see more of of that. I want to see more development of the GCPD. I mean, they're bringing in Michael Chiklis, so who knows? Exactly. We'll see what we'll see what happens from there. Anything else you want to add? I'm. I said what I need to say. Next week we are talking about the season premiere of The Walking Dead. So I can't wait to get that off my chest. Brains. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. So uh, I think we still have one more week or two more weeks for Supergirl. And if this is any indication, <laughs> we're only doing what we did five shows today. So yep. we're gonna have we have a six show coming up. It's gonna be it's gonna be tight. These are gonna be tight episodes. So for televised heroics, I want to say you can find Geek Elite Radio on Twitter at Geek Elite Radio. Facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio. GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. You can go there, join our forum. We have many, many great articles and uh, interesting things to see there. Come make comments on our Facebook, but you can also and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, you don't even have to subscribe. You know, you, you, you might just be listening to this episode and just be like, hey, these guys are cool and kind of cool. So <laughs> just go on iTunes, give us a five-star rating, even if you don't believe in it, and then write a review. You doesn't have to say much. Just say, yeah, these guys are cool. Or say, yeah, these guys are crap. I don't care. Just write a review. <laughs> <laughs> or- but I, we're all about the feedback here. So go to any one of our, our the ways to get a hold of us and shoot us a line. Any one of us would love to talk to you. So, But if you want to find us individually, I am at agent underscore of the underscore bat on Twitter. <laughs> Very difficult. Uh, Daniel can be found at... Just use my first and last name, Daniel Barroso. <laughs> <laughs> Barroso. B-A-R-R-O-S-O, right? Yep, that is correct. Okay. So you search that on Twitter. You can find him. It's Dan- at Daniel Von Helvet. What is that? What is Helvet? Um, so basically, um, there's this band called Turbo Negro. Uh, the lead singer is Hank Von Helvet. Uh, they're from Norway, and Von Helvet means from hell or from water. So, so you're Daniel from water. <laughs> <laughs> sure, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's where you can find us. This has been Televised Heroics, Episode 5, and on the Geek Elite Radio Network's Come back and check us out. Same bat time, same bat channel. Later. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.